Welcome to Artists of New England. This is a podcast created to inspire you on your journey of artistic expression. Whether you are a career artist, a teacher, an emerging artist, or hobbyist, you can learn and gain support from your peers. We will explore the symbiotic relationship between these groups, lending insight and empathy towards each other. We will discover the where, when, why, and how of the creative process of artists living and working in New England, with occasional bonus interviews with gallery owners, collectors of fine art, and art historians. Perhaps today's show will bring you the aha moment you've been waiting for. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Casanari-King. And if you've listened to the previous episode, you know that there are some things happening this year with the podcast that I am very excited about. One of them is that I have a very special co-host extraordinaire, Margaret Sheldon. Welcome, Margaret, to the show. Well, thank you. It's uh, nice to be here. It's nice to be back on air. I think a lot of people might recognize my voice from Artist Helping Artists. Yes. But um, I'm looking forward to this. This is the, uh, a lot of things have changed in 2020, and I guess it looks like 2021 as well. And um, it's nice to be doing something familiar. So thank you very much, Laura. This is going to be fun today. Yes, it is. And, and we are both excited to have, and I will let you go ahead and introduce our, our wonderful guest. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So today's guest is Paul Schulenberg, and uh, Paul, for those of you who might not know, is an artist living and working on Cape Cod. Um, he can tell us later whether or not he references Provincetown when he does that. He's very, very near Provincetown, at least near from a Bostonian's point of view. And um, I met Paul because, well, I've talked to him in the past, but I was probably first introduced to you, Paul, when I saw the uh, YouTube documentary on painting Provincetown. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was clear to everyone, but it was pretty clear to me that you were the ringleader, or at least, <laughs> let me say, the most organized um, <laughs> of a very illustrious group of artists, some of whom I've actually gotten to know over the past, I don't know, five or six years. But um, I sort of watched Paul, and of course, as we all do these days, immediately dove into his website and anything he had online to see who he was and what he was doing. And um, yeah, I just, what I encountered was an artist, an artist who's made his life as an artist, which is something I think uh, a rare thing, but a wonderful thing to, to come across. Um, but also just sort of your, your subject matter and life on the Cape Cod and anyone who's interested should, absolutely do what I did, <laughs> dive in and take a look at Paul's work. Yeah. Um, but lately, my goodness, you have been everywhere, certainly everywhere in my life. Um, we'll talk a little bit about our Wednesday night date. <laughs> and then um, just the fact that you've had a book come out this year, you've been winning awards, you've been interviewed in, I think, what was it, Art Connoisseur Magazine, a number of other places. And so it's kind of nice. I feel like I know, <clears throat> well, a rising star? No, I know I know the, the it guy, <laughs> at least in these parts. And um, yeah, on that note, I'm just going to launch in and say thank you, Paul, because you have put up with uh, me talking to you on air. I think this might be the third time. 
Your time? Oh, I don't know. Well, thank you, Mark. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Welcome. Thank Welcome you, Laura, to... for having me. Yes. So I'm honored to be chosen <laughs> to speak with you and uh, join in today. It's a lot of fun. Great. Um, so, uh, yeah, so let's see. How do I begin? Where should I start? Well, I think probably the thing um, we want to know, we can certainly talk about, you know, your past. Um, we can talk about your recent future, but uh, the logical place for me is to talk about what you've been doing during this quarantine, you know, shutdown. <laughs> All right. That's come with the pandemic. Um, well, uh in some ways, it seems like uh, life hasn't changed all that much because my my day to day living is usually from the house to the studio. My studio is in a three car garage that's um, on my property. So, um, you know, uh, I go to work and uh, things haven't changed that much. One big change is that, um, as Margaret started to mention, that uh, Wednesdays I have a, a weekly figure painting group. And um, so we've been doing that for years. People come to my studio, about 17 or 18 artists. And um, so we will, time to gather, um, especially in the winter time, a nice social event uh, when there's, you know, it's cold and snowy out and Cape Cod is, uh, you know, quiet and depressing. <laughs> and uh, so that, that came to a halt during COVID, um, but we would still meet on Zoom for drinks. And then at some point I had a, a model join us from another state down South uh, with her iPhone and we painted her remotely on Zoom. And then I decided I could have a model in my studio and a, a few artists with masks on. So we still have been getting together. Um, life goes on, you know, we, we are shut down with COVID, but um, we are still painting from life, um, 30 or 40 people on Zoom at a time. And uh, that's kind of kept us sane, I think. Uh, I want to say it's been fantastic to be a part of that, um, particularly over the holidays. I, I think I was telling you, Margaret, that for me, it was the, the absolute highlight of my holiday, both, you know, the one that you did pre-Christmas and then pre-New Year's Eve, Eve which, which was just fantastic. I, you know, where else were we going? Nowhere. And yet it just felt like such a wonderful community. And you can listen to everybody chatter or not shut off the sound, you know, listen to the music was fantastic. Um, it's, it's just been a wonderful pivot that you've done with that. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary because you don't know with Zoom if the microphones will work and the connection will be clear <laughs> enough, but everyone seemed to be quite happy. And of course, when you have musicians in the room, sometimes, you know, explain to them, you're going to pay a couple songs, they're going to you have to hold still for 20 minutes while we paint. And it's like, they don't care. They just play their music and do their thing. So <laughs> we just decided it's more fun hearing the music and we'll just paint, you know, with this moving target. So. Yeah. I think it was definitely worth it. And a lot of people did a lot of good work or they took a screenshot maybe and um, worked from that. But uh, having the live music is something that I think a lot of people miss. Yeah. And the camaraderie of just painting and talking when we don't have music, we can just chat while we paint. And I think a lot of people seem to enjoy that. So many people feel isolated, yet at the same time, people are coming together more than ever, like with these Zoom meetings. I have 100%. twice twice as many people coming to the Zoom meeting as would normally come to my studio. And they're coming from California, as far away as um, England, Ireland. They've been joining us. So all these people that would otherwise not be in the group have been able to come and we paint together and chat. And so it's been a lot of fun that way. 
So Paul, is this something you'd ever given thought to do before? Had this ever crossed your mind to no. branch out and include? No. <laughs> oh. no. Um, no, we just do the weekly thing. People come to my studio. What happened was that, um, kind of a long story, but uh, my wife wound up going to a yoga class um, locally. And she's kind of a shy person, but she, really, and she wouldn't normally do this, but she got really involved in the yoga class and she really loves it. And when it had stopped, you know, because people couldn't come and roll around on yoga mats during COVID, but she got, she was close to her teacher so that um, she wound up going to her teacher's home. And so my wife started doing the Zoom sessions. And so she actually started it before I did. Uh -huh. I mean, I learned, I kind of learned a lot about Zoom because she was so into this thing and how to, doing it for the yoga class. Um, so we started learning about Zoom together and then you know, one of us would buy a microphone or buy a special lens for the iPhone and then we're like switching back and forth. And so we've kind of learned together and she's doing her thing and I'm doing my thing. And she's been really busy, like every day going and being this TV producer for this yoga class. And I've been doing my thing. So during this time of COVID, I mean, I feel like I'm busier than ever. Well, you, you do know, a great job, doesn't he? I mean, it's so, yeah. isn't it organized? So organized. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, once I could figure out how to, close down the chatter from the studio if I wanted to. That was clutch, like until I learned that. And it's, it's both what I love, right? Is sort of hearing everybody. But then after a while, there are times when you want to focus and it's great to have that option. I also, um, you know, I have to tell you that when I first, cause I think it was with uh, Linda Collins and Leslie Seda, we came down to see you and we painted with you. Um, and I was blown away, first of all, by how many people there were in that room. <laughs> it was great. I felt like I was back in college. But um, on the way down, Linda, who was the one who had really tapped into your work and what you were doing, uh, and she lives on the Cape, so this is really her thing, right? And she had said to us, oh, you just can't get into this figure drawing session. I mean, this guy has it locked up. There are like waiting lists. There's a waiting list for the waiting list kind of thing. And I thought, oh, wow, what's going to happen? Well, it was a pretty great group. I think it was great because of the other artists, because of the food, honestly. You know, isn't that a great thing to have like that huge banquet table spread with food and the atmosphere and just sort of being in there? I, could, I thought to myself, boy, if I was on the Cape, this is where I'd want to be on Wednesday nights. And then when the Zoom thing opened up, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is sort of the chance for every man, right? <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. fact that I know Laura was the first one who said to me, I learned so much because one of the cameras Paul is trained on your canvas. Right. And so I'm sure Laura's not the only one who sometimes will actually watch yeah. your process and how you do it. Um, by the same token at the end, I don't know, Paul, do you love seeing everyone's work as much as I do? Everyone shows what they've done. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a real blast. So, um, and I, I did make a dedicated Facebook page for that because it, it is really great to see all the different results. And, um, I usually record that little bit of the, um, the end of the zoom meeting, um, just so I can take screenshots of people holding up their work and smiling and, and uh, I'll send that out to people just to, you know, a lot of smiley, happy faces and people holding up their, their results. Um, but it's, it's great to see all the, 
we have four or five different angles um, of the model. And so everyone right. has a different, they'll have a different viewpoint, but then a different interpretation and a different style of working. And so it's, it's incredible the variation that you can get from person to yeah. person. Well, it's been the only appointment that I've regularly kept <laughs> for the last 10 months. Yes. It's sort of delightful to have something on the calendar. It's like, right. oh, even my husband will say, oh, are you painting tonight? And I think, yes, I am. And uh, it's, it's given us all an anchor. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny that you'll, you'll hear people say that. Then other people will say like, oh, you're doing, no, I don't do Zoom. Sorry. No, I'm not interested. But then the people who do it are like, oh, when are you going to do it again? I love it so much. And so, you know, it's funny. Well, what do you think? That sort of leads me to an obvious sort of art question that I think I'm hearing a lot these days because of the quarantine rules and all that, which is <clears throat> the discussion rages once again about painting from life versus painting from a photograph. And I've had people say, oh, I'm not going to paint from a screen. And I'll tell you that my feeling is, are you kidding? You take what you can get. <laughs> but what do you think about that? Um, it's different, but. Oh, but, but. Well, yeah, right. There's a big but. Um, I think it's good to uh, just be painting. I think, you know, any work you can do, you know, take it when it comes along. So, um, yeah, I think it, working from photos can be dangerous. And working on a, like a Zoom meeting can be uh uh, yeah, I'll use the word dangerous in that you're what you're painting a distorted image and a lot of times an iPhone um, the, the figure is distorted so maybe the, the limb is coming at you and suddenly her leg or arm looks too big and the colors don't look quite right so I try to make the I try to minimize those distortions um, and try to get it right and in the, the, the pictures transmitted aren't always the clearest but I'll tell people you know maybe don't concentrate on detail so much you can see big shapes, you can see colors, and, and just try to make a nice painting, maybe like an impressionist would. If, it's, if you feel like you, you can't see every eyelash, you can still um, do a painting, you know, with the, and just have fun with it. And a, part, a lot of the important part is the energy you get from painting with other people and painting from a live model. So you're not, we're not working from a still image. One of our models said, like, you could just be painting me from a, from a photograph. Why do I have to sit here? Like, well, because it's more fun to make you sit there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we had a model last week who I thought was really fun to paint. My God, she had the most beautiful coloring. She was also so good at holding her pose, right? She, hmm. boy, I felt like I was there and I really could, you know, get some detail. And I, I just, I really enjoyed painting her. But that's not to say I didn't enjoy the New Year's Eve Eve guitarist. He yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, wasn't he? I couldn't stop dancing. I had to shut off my camera because I was dancing while I was painting. Yeah. <laughs> Although he didn't stay still for a nanosecond, right? Right. But he was mostly in uh, the same position because he was playing guitar and he had a machine in front of him that would um, was making different sounds and mixing sounds. And so he, most of the time he was looking at that. So um, he was great. Yeah, I think... I, I try to bring in variety. So, you know, we'll have a, um, you know, a young woman and then he was an, you know, you know, older man with a guitar, slow, you know, not a young man. <laughs> we know. Right That's wonderful. And where do you find your models? How do you, how do you get these people and these musicians? Uh, good question. Well, 
The models sometimes are, I find, sometimes they're recommended. Um, sometimes they'll contact me now. You know, in the beginning, it was just like I would ask around maybe, even if I just meet someone or see someone, I'll just ask them if they might be interested. And, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes they'll look at you like cross-eyed and other times they go like, oh, that sounds like really cool. You know, so you never know. Um, just to sit for a portrait or something. Um, some people are flattered and some people think there must be something a mess, you know. I can understand that, but you've you've gotten an incredible array of models. That yeah. yeah. One, of, one of our top models is a. Uh, I was at the beach at Coast Guard Beach, and there was a woman in a lifeguard bathing suit, and she was like doing these drills, like running on the beach and then swimming back, and then running on the beach and then swimming back. And I was like, wow, she is really fit, you know. And I was like, would it be too much to ask her if she would want a model for our class? Yeah. So I went up and I explained who I was and what we do. And I just said, like, here's my card. And like, you, you can know, make sure I'm legit. Right. Here's my card information. And I told her, like, about local people, like, you know, celebrities who are, or somewhat celebrity who have come. Yeah. And uh, so she's super nice. And oh, yeah, that sounds cool. But I found out later, once she started modeling with us, she said, like, yeah, no, she just, like, I don't know. She said, yeah, I'm not doing that. And then, but another one of the lifeguards with her said, Oh, my mom goes to that class. You should do it. It's really great. She loves it. So, <laughs> and now she's one of our best models. I mean, she loves coming. So I know who it is by the way you described her because she refers to the beach and she's terrific. Yeah. She is terrific. Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, you, you see all sorts. When I was in art school, it was, you know, part of New York City. And let me tell you, we got models that. <laughs> <laughs> Some days you sort of went okay. <laughs> you might not be quite as inspired. I hope this guy lasts. Yeah. <laughs> well, with, the, with the musicians, um, that kind of started too with um, meeting people who are musicians and having friends. And then it occurred to me like maybe that'd be cool to have them come and just sit with their guitar and well, they could play a couple songs and then we could paint them. And and so we started this whole thing that they could. It's like a, a musical gig. But instead of performing the whole night, they might just play a little bit and then we paint and back and forth. And it's this whole melding of music and art that is just fun for everyone. So much fun. And I would bet that that under the circumstances now, you said people are contacting you. I bet, you, I bet the majority would be musicians who are just desperate to play anywhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't, we haven't been clamoring to get in, but uh, it is true. I mean, when I called Bruce, he just said, oh, I'd be honored to come do that. And he was great. I mean, um, he really wowed the crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. Everyone had a lot of fun. And then Monica Rizzio. Oh, gosh. She's a great songwriter. And she's, this is the third or fourth time um, she's come. Fabulous model. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Yeah. And she didn't play the whole time. She actually followed orders and she sat still while we painted. And then she played probably six or eight songs, though. She, you know, very entertaining. Yeah. I will say, I enjoyed it regardless of whether they stayed still, played music, young, old, I just, it's always such, such a treat. So, it is, I don't sure. know. I think the whole world will change. I'm sure at the end, at the end of this, I mean, we all leave that in quotes, I know, but mm -hmm. yeah. when this is over, everyone's going to be happy to get back and paint well, from a live model. <laughs> On the other hand, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I think it will be hard to totally divorce your larger community. I know. <laughs> That's a tricky part that people have been asking, like, are you going to keep it up if, if COVID goes away and things go back to normal? 
And I don't know what we'll do because um, if I have 17 people like usual in the studio, <clears throat> um, <laughs> it's, it's difficult to have the cameras set up on the model, you know, so mm -hmm. um, how do I balance that? And usually on a normal night, we'd have a, a lot of people here. We've got food on the table. We've got music playing and everyone's chattering. And it's just really noisy. So with that, you know, for Zoom, it would just all that all that loud music and talking probably wouldn't translate. So, hmm. yeah, it's going to be hard to. I guess we'll just figure out as we go along. We will. We will. As we have been, we shall continue. Kidding. <laughs> um, I have a question which came up from something someone asked you very quickly in passing, um, which was. I think it was actually Jerome who showed up one night and was like, this is great. Why do we, why is it that we don't paint models all the time? And your answer, do you remember what it was? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. You guessed. Well, you'll recognize it. I hope you said, <laughs> well, figure work is great, but it doesn't sell. People That's don't buy it, right? People don't right. buy it. And I, I've been thinking about that and I, I agree, of course. And I thought, why do you suppose that is? What, what do you suppose? Is it, is it because you're on the Cape and people want to buy the landscape well, they see? Or um, Some people buy figurative work, uh, uh, obviously. And I mean, I do occasionally. Right. Um, I've, I've had friends who aren't artists who will see a painting. And they'll say, why would someone buy a painting of someone they don't know, you know? Because they, they're thinking very literally, like, that's a person, I don't know them, why would I buy? Well, to an artist, they look at it, they go like, wow, look at that painting. Like, I don't care who it is or, you know, I just, this is just a terrific mm -hmm. painting. So it just depends on the person. But yeah, on Cape Cod, people t generally will come. They want right, a, a painting of the beach, um, something. A lot of people do buy artwork for decoration. So it's something that will go into their room and look good in the dining room or in the living room. So art lovers might buy a painting as the painting itself, you know, and, but some people buy it um, for whatever reason. Some people buy artwork for investment, <laughs> but, um, but I don't know. I know and Americans typically tend to be conservative about um, figures. So as far as like a, like a nude figure, someone might look at that and look, Oh, it looks like a Renaissance painting or, or just wonderfully, wonderfully rendered. And it's a beautiful painting where other people just think, of it a naked, as a naked body, and why would I have that in my home? So it all depends, you know, it takes all yeah. time. Yeah. It's tricky. And can you talk a little bit to artists about the importance of studying figure drawing? Um, well, it's a tradition that goes back forever. Um, I think if you're going to ever paint a figure for whatever reason, portrait or um, even, you know, a scene that's going to uh, contain figures. You might paint a landscape. Maybe you want people in this landscape. Well, if you don't know anything about the figure, it's, uh, it's not going to come out very convincing. So, um, well, I've heard some artists say that studying figure drawing informs their landscape. I've heard that, but I've not heard yeah. anyone expound on it. Well, I usually feel, uh, that, and that, you know, some landscape painters might disagree, but if you're painting a sky and trees and a landscape, you can, you can uh, take some liberties with things and it will still look like a landscape, but with you're painting a, like a face or a figure, you can, and the smallest, uh, 
detail that's out of place, it becomes very noticeable. You know, with a, you're painting a face. I mean, you can paint it kind of abstractly and um, and get very expressive, but you know, it's very noticeable when something is wrong. So it's it's very it's a good way to train your eye to to work with the figure and capture gesture and uh, emotion. Um, it's it's a difficult thing, and um, sure is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it probably dates back to yeah in the rent like the renaissance when everything was figurative i mean a couple of years ago we went to italy to florence and it's like everything has a figure everything's a face or a figure and depicting biblical scenes or whatever or mythology and that was a very important um to that time or through the centuries of storytelling using paintings for storytelling and so that became a lot less important nowadays you know we have movies you know and photography of people so storytelling through painting became fell out of favor with an abstract painting came along but i think people got um not bored with abstract painting but i think people had had they, they missed the figurative part of, of artwork and, and there's been a resurgence of interest in figurative work well <clears throat> that's interesting because you actually have sort of this hybrid in this in the sense that I'm thinking of your paintings of, you know, lobstermen or fishermen and women, which I think is very cool. Um, but, you know, you have figures in a setting that's very, um, I can't think of another word other than like nautical. I mean, here you've taken something that's um, specific to where you live. Right. And I'm sure you see the boats come in and out all the time. And you know, to actually take that and freeze a moment. I'm, uh, it's kind of cool because you get your figures in there, Paul. <laughs> well, that's one reason why I, why I do it. I know people will say like, oh, you know, what is it, your obsession with the fishermen? It's like, well, I'm not obsessed with fishermen. It, I mean, I enjoy it and I find it interesting. And it's just a way of, I can continue doing figurative work and sell paintings. I mean, I do sell my, my figure studies occasionally. So that's always a bonus, but, um, but studying, uh, well, I'll paint people, you know, in a restaurant or on the streets in Provincetown or whatever. But the fig the fishermen, something I, I started, I did a few fishermen painting years ago as kind of a, just a fun thing, a way for me to do something figurative and, and still have this kind of Cape theme. But um, it really just took off. And so I've been keeping up with it. Yeah, they're mm. really great. Thanks. Can you talk a little bit about your process? I know you do a lot of plein air and how do you utilize those? when you get into the studio? Uh, well, um, let's see. If, I, if I paint outside and do a plein air study, it's generally like a, a, a smaller painting. I'll, you know, we'll do larger paintings inside. When I, at the fish pier, um, with that, uh, yes, I know a lot of artists will, you know, say that they, um, you should only work from life. And, but, you know, with these fishermen, I have painted a fishermen with pose for me. But when I go down there and I, and I get them, when they're working, I will go down and take like hundreds of literally hundreds, like a thousand photos in a day. And I'll go back the next day, take another thousand photos. I mean, I'll just, wow. just it takes a long time. And, uh, and a lot of those are just garbage, you know, or, or they might come in handy for some kind of reference, you know, but every once in a while I'll hit on something and like, Oh, bam, there's something that I can work with. Um, and one of them was the fisher woman. She was just like, they're storing nets. And she's like pulling nets in to put, put them away at the end of the day. And behind her, there was like, you know, a parking lot and cars and trucks and all that. So I used the photo of her, or photos, I had thousands, and I actually took some video of her, I think, too. 
but I removed the parking lot and instead I put, um, you know, the, the harbor, maybe mm -hmm. a few boats in the distance and I had to make up a landscape behind her because, you know, I didn't want to paint the reality of just pavement behind her. Ford, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did a lot of people talk about the fact that you had put a woman in? I mean, I remember seeing it and thinking, that's really cool. Well, it was, yeah, you never know what people will be attracted to, but she's been very popular. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm and, uh, so glad for her sake and yours. <laughs> 12 years ago, maybe 12 or so years ago, I did a painting called um, Working With Her Father. And it was a woman probably about 15 or 16, I'd say, yeah, 15-ish. And she was all dressed up like a fish, you know, the fishing outfit. And she was working on a, on a boat. And there were, you couldn't see uh, anyone around her, but she was standing there. Um, uh, and obviously I've gone out, I, I assume, probably with her, her dad. It could have been her uncle, whatever. But, um, but anyway, you know, Helen Addison at Addison Art Gallery said, like, I could have sold that painting several times. You know, it sold right away. And she said, you should do more like that. You know, but I, I didn't have more to work with, really. So um, what I saw... Um, my friend Stephanie, who has been in the subject of more recent Fisher Woman paintings, um, I know I was there. It was off season. I think it was October, so there's nobody there, and I was just like staring at her for like a couple of hours. And so I finally went up to her and I explained what I was and said, "I'm not just a creepy guy. Well, I might be a little no, but I, <laughs> I'm really. I just want to tell you what I'm doing." And she's like, "That's fine. That's great." And I gave her my card and <laughs> a stalker. <laughs> yeah. So she. Keep those cards handy. <laughs> yeah. So that was in October, and then I think in November she did. She came in her all her orange outfit and all the fishing gear, and she came and sat in the studio with a um, like a big rope and a, a buoy or something. <laughs> so she had all the um, fun the gear with her, and so she sat as you know a fishing person for, for the for the painting group. Oh, so, nice. oh wow! Yeah, and um, That's then. Great. This past uh, summer, um, it's hard to get access to the, the pier. I mean, there's a certain part where you can go and observe, but down below where they're working, they don't want people getting hurt and getting in. So, you know, I, I have a hard time getting down there. But so she actually um, escorted me. I met her at the fish pier and she brought me down and introduced me to the people and said, like, I was there and, you know, let me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was very nice. So uh, she's been she's been wonderful. But yeah, the the paintings of uh, um, the, the women fishing have uh, have done well. Yeah. There's a uh, I posted one of her of her on Instagram, and then I noticed um, I got a, a like from somebody that I wondered who it was, and I checked her out, and it's a fisher woman from Little Compton, uh, down by Rhode Island. I've and there there's a documentary film about them called um, Yeah. The last uh, net family or something. The last um, anyway, they, they fish in a style in a way. It's, they have these boats. They row, maybe row out or little boats. They go out and they wow. get a big net and they haul it in by hand. And there's a style of fishing that is is um, kind of not done that much anymore. But it's her and her her daughter and son and you know the whole family go out and do this. I read that in like I think in the Boston Globe, and hmm. yeah. So, I mean, does a let me ask you this: Does a Cape painter leave Cape Cod <laughs> a little content? Right. Hmm. Well, I wrote to her. I wrote to her and said I want to come and um, 
and uh, watch you guys. And she, she said, well, they're out. Of, it was the end of the summer. And so they, they were going to be beginning again in May. So I said, I'll come down and meet up with you in May. Wouldn't that be fun? Good for you. But it's interesting because, yeah, she's a, a woman who has this fishing um, career. or It's in the family. And, and there's, so she has a, um, a couple of two or three children, I think, that are working too. So that would be interesting, not just to get it, the men fishermen, but you know, teenagers and daughters and and the family idea yeah kind of yeah yeah cool long lineage down there um what about that gorgeous painting of your wife in the restaurant did she sit there for you <laughs> <laughs> um i've done many paintings of that restaurant and i'm many of the outside uh the owner of the restaurant saw them and invited us to come so if you ever want to come nice. I'll, I'll give you the key and let and just turn you loose and and uh, so we went down there on a day the restaurant was closed and he just said like, yep, here's the key. Let us in. He's like, oh, have fun. Just bring the key and drop it off at my house when you're done. And <laughs> Nice. Very nice. Yeah. So, um, so we hung out all the, uh, there all day and, um, you know, sketched and took photos and um, of many different angles as the, as the light changed, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done many different uh, pieces from inside. It's, it's a great spot. Is your wife an artist too? Yes. Well, <laughs> she, um, we met when I was doing, I was a, uh, doing illustration at the time in Boston and she was an art director, designer, graphic designer, working at a company on the, at the design center along the waterfront in Boston. So I went in, I was working on a project for digital equipment corporation and she was working there, but just temporarily, she didn't know much about Boston. Um, she was just, had just come and was going to be there for a few months. So I, asked, I offered to take her out to lunch or maybe show her a little bit of Boston and she politely declined. <laughs> but I kept, you know, I kept, I kept up and uh, eventually, you know, won her over. But yeah, so anyway, I, I transitioned at one point to, uh, from illustration to painting. And then she transitioned also from graphic design to painting. And she was very successful in selling paintings and she showed in Nashville and Atlanta and, mm in Boston and here in the Cape and a bunch of places. And then um, yeah, at some point she had some problems with her arm, physical problems. And then she became kind of critical of her own artwork. Didn't feel comfortable with it. So she's been sort of on hiatus or she's been taking a break. So she hasn't been doing any work for a while now. That yoga will clear. Yes. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, people ask about her work and they loved her work and, uh, but, you know, if she's ready. I say she's like, um, uh, who's that guy who wrote the Catcher in the Rye? Um, J.D. Salinger. J.D. Salinger. Like, she made a big splash. Now she's doing other things, you know. <laughs> I, that's great. I love it. Well, I have a question about your, um, your surroundings. I mean, I, you won an award. I'm trying to think what it was. You're going to have to remember for me. It was the Hopper something to do with Hopper? Did you, were you shown at the Hopper Museum? Is that right? Um, well, yes, there was a, there was an invitational show. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember the name of it, but it was something, I guess it was, the theme of it was people whose work um, seems to be uh, influenced in some, some way by Edward Hopper. Yeah. So yeah, his house in Nyack, New York is a, a museum. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, of course, it's come along in later years. I think for, for a while there it was um, kind of run down and maybe a bunch of hippies were living there. And so it's a, uh, the building itself looks 
quite like there's still a clawfoot bathtub and it looks like the way when he lived there i think but there's no artwork actual artwork of his there but um uh but yeah there's still a lot of uh shows i guess that are dedicated to, to him and his work so um i don't remember if i won an award at that show but um it was an honor to be hanging in his house for sure <laughs> can't remember. You won so many awards you can't remember them margaret <laughs> you won that nice award from the uh the, uh, the plein air award that was the one i was like most keen on but uh, here's my question for you whose work are you looking at now that sort of inspires or interests you i mean if, you know like we all go through phases where something catches your eye for i usually think for a reason but who, yeah. who's got your eye i thought you might ask me that my mind my mind tends to go blank when people ask like everyone else i look at things on instagram and you know facebook or wherever i'm always looking at at work so um mostly i am attracted to to figurative work um so I tend to look at that the most. Um, so I uh, recently, this past weekend, just over the past few days, I took a workshop with um, a painter, Hollis Dunlap. And um, so what happened was uh, uh, several years ago, I decided, oh, I should, maybe I'll try out Oil Painters of America. So I, you know, I tried joining an organization. Maybe I should participate more. So I, I joined and then turns out, you know, the newsletter or whatever it says, they say, oh, we get three, every year they give away three scholarships. People want to take workshops. And they said, it doesn't have to be, you know, um, you don't have to be a student necessarily. I mean, anyone can take it. So I, I submitted work and I said, yeah, like, I feel like I'm a professional painter, but you can always learn or, you know, it's always good experience to study with other people. So um, I wanted to take a workshop. I was supposed to take it last year when I couldn't because of COVID. And then what about this year? Can I, how long can I put this off before it just expires? And so they encouraged yeah. me to take it soon. So I said, all right, I'll just, I'll take a Zoom workshop or I'd rather take a live workshop. But, you know, it, it turned out to be really a lot of fun. Um, it worked out really well. And uh, Hollis is a, Hollis Dunlap is a very informative teacher, you know, he's very knowledgeable about art history and mm. you know, we could watch his demonstration and then we all painted along and, um, <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it was a, that was a good experience. I, I mean, I also, I also like um, Ricky Mujica. Yeah. His work, he teaches at the art, art students league. And I thought of maybe taking a class with him. That might be fun. Um, yeah. Who else? Lots of uh, people like, um, uh, uh, see, my mind goes blank. When, when people well, here's a question for you. <laughs> so here you are, somebody who I know has been doing figure painting for a long time. You take the workshop, certainly he has to have a different point of view. Right. Right. Is it hard for you to, to listen to a critique? No. And, uh, you know, I've been through it so many times, although not in recent years, you know, but <laughs> back to your art school days. <laughs> but um, I'm well aware that, and we kind of made a joke about it too, that whoever your, your teacher is at the time, well, they're going to tell you from their point of view, and it's always going to be different. You know, one teacher is, Point of view will be different from another teacher's point of view so you take it with a grain of salt you know i noticed he was saying like you know you want i mean not necessarily to me but people in the group too just like it's say like see this part here you don't want that you know change that and here and it's like that's just the opposite of what someone else would say and he and he, and he pointed it out and he said like you know lose that part and i know another teacher would tell you that's the best part but i'm telling you i think you should lose that part <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So what would you say to artists who are, you know, still in the learning stages and they're, they're going to different workshops and they're getting all this information that is conflicting, right? What yeah. do you say to them? Stop going to so many? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you're learning, you're trying different things, right? So, sure. so one teacher will tell you their way and, and so you try it their way. And then another teacher will tell you a different way. So you try that. And, and, um, and it's good to stretch some new muscles. Uh, one of my, com not complaints, but observations when I teach a workshop, I say like, gosh, I've, I've done this two hour demo, telling people, showing people exactly what to do. Then they'll sit down and they just go and do what they usually do. <laughs> like they weren't even paying attention. But I noticed like, I was just about as guilty as that as anyone because <laughs> Alice would do his thing and I'm like, yeah, okay. But then I just, I'm, you know, you do what you feel comfortable with. But you try to incorporate some of those things that, you know, you, you try to absorb some of the information coming at you and maybe incorporate some of that and try some new things if you can. But yeah, hard to change old habits. You know? Yeah. So anyway, I think that's what, for people just starting out, just explore. Explore and keep going. And one thing that came up during the workshop, too, is how um, people, part of uh, being a successful artist or like a musician is having a tenacity to keep going, just keep, you know, I think I made a comment that I think part of what talent is all about is that is, is to keep pushing, keep pushing. So some people will, will pick up an instrument and play or they'll pick up a pencil and say like, and try to draw and they'll say, yeah, I'm not good at this. And they stop where other people say like, I'm not good at this and I have to keep trying until I get better. And they just keep going and keep going and keep going. Yeah. And it's the people that don't quit. And they're the ones that get someplace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you a musician, by the way? Well, like <laughs> a lot of artists, yes. I, I used to be obsessed with guitar, and I should have kept it up. When actually, when yeah. I was in art school at BU, I I remember I, I would paint all day, and then I'd go back to my room, and I just wanted to play guitar. And at some point, I said, I have to either decide, you know, one or the other. I'm, I'm either going to pursue one thing or the other, and I decided to concentrate on painting. And it's and also just got caught up with life, and then I I stopped practicing. So. Now I think like all these decades, I could have been just playing casually and I would have been a decent guitarist. <laughs> I know a lot of musicians who keep an instrument in their studio and when right. they need a break, they just go over and mess do. around, you know? Yeah. So I think part of it is I'm having someone to play with. Like I, I reached kind of a dead end where I wasn't getting very far with the music and I didn't have people to play with and I yeah. felt frustrated. So now uh, it's all on YouTube, Paul. <laughs> right. Exactly. I know. It's true. True. <laughs> I know when you used to have to go to the music store and buy a book of songs with the music so you could play along and now you just pull it up on your app. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh boy. So let's talk a bit about your book that just came out. Was it in June of this past year? Yeah. And it's called Paul Schulenberg oil painting. <laughs> oil painting. Sorry. Yeah. We, and it, is it only available through the Addison Art Gallery? Uh, I believe that's true. Yeah, I think it's, okay. um, it's, it's self-published. It's published by the gallery. Okay, that's what Fine Art Connoisseur had. And I wanted yeah. to make sure that. We... Yeah, so we were pretty happy with the way it turned out. Um, yeah, it looks fantastic. So, you know, we've talked about it. I've talked about it for years. That I'd see other people with books and, and it just, you know, it's a lot of work. But I'd say like, yeah, someday I should do a book, you know. And so Helen Addison... Sometime last year, we were at the gallery talking, and 
there may, I think there was probably a book sitting there and, and she said, you should do a book. And I said, yeah, I've always thought about it. And it would probably, um, I think it adds some gravitas, you know, like, you know, people see, oh, there's a book about this work. Plus, you know, when you sell your work, it disappears, it's taken down off the website, people don't see it, you know, but mm-hmm. having a collection that people can look at over the years, like, oh, I didn't know, I have never saw this painting before. So Helen said, you know, or we both acknowledged that 2020 was my 20th anniversary at the gallery. Uh, we should do something to, you know, maybe the book would be, this would be a good time. So I didn't last, was it last January, February into March? Like there was, I didn't do any painting. It was just all book, 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 you know, um, working, going through, picking out images and um, trying to get that together. So, um, so yeah, it was just kind of a, a tribute to the 20 years of work. And then, and it was 20 years of, yeah, at the Addison Art Gallery when I made the transition from illustrator to, to painter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, you know, it was a, a fun, a great look back. Did you have to contact the collectors that had bought the paintings in order to rephotograph them? Yeah, well, that was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of that work. Um, fortunately, I have a collection of photographs of work over the years. So if you go back to twenty years ago, some of it are thirty millimeter, thirty-five millimeter slides that were not all that good, mm-hmm. and some of them were early digital photos that were okay. And, and then it goes, you know, into the later years where the photography was pretty good, but fortunately I, I pretty organized and I had an, a hard drive, like here's all the work, you know, so I could just kind of go through and, but. That's admirable. Good yeah. job. Yeah. I told you he is organized. I can just tell <laughs> by the way he runs that class. <laughs> but there's 107 paintings and I think Addison Gallery sells about 50 paintings a year. So 50 paintings, uh, 10 years would be 500, so like a thousand paintings. Not, and that's not all the paintings I've done. A thousand paintings would be the paintings sold. So I had to whittle it down to a hundred that I could actually show in the book, you know, wow, which is great. That was not easy. Oh boy, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like, um, I'm, I'm interested in the relationship between the gallery owner and the artist. It sounds like you've got a good relationship with your gallery owner, obviously. Um, she tells you she could have sold the Fisher woman, you know, 10 times over. She, she's, you're getting feedback about what is and isn't, you know, maybe what audience reaction is that right. other artists don't hear. Uh, what, would you, what would you say um, to someone who's trying to find a, a gallery? How important is that chemistry between a gallery owner well, it can be certainly very, it can be very important. <laughs> um, you want to find someone you get along with. Um, but, you know, it's a business relationship too. So um, <clears throat> I think, uh, I think a lot of galleries will, you know, people are interested in art, they'll have a collection of artists and they open up the doors and, and wait for people to come in. When mm-hmm. I was looking into galleries to show my work, um, the one thing that attracted me about Addison galleries that I knew that she became a gallery owner after owning an advertising and marketing firm. So, which thought like, well, you know, a lot of people have, have a dim, yeah. like, you know, critical view of advertising. We thought, you know, she's not going to just sit and wait for people to come in. She's going to put it out there. So, right. Um, so when I bring in a painting, she'll, she's immediately like emailing it to people or she has a weekly newsletter. 
Um, she's sending press releases to local publications. Yeah. Uh, so she's actively marketing. I mean, she's been, I think, busier during COVID than previous years. Okay. You know, a lot I've of galleries are, are, are kind of hurting. And, or, and um, I've heard, I have heard other galleries that are doing pretty well um, through COVID, but, um, but we've actually been really active. That's good. Yeah. I think, you know, it goes hand in hand with this unprecedented real estate boon. <laughs> <laughs> right. You've got everyone, you know, fleeing the cities and coming to places like uh, yeah. right. Chatham and they want, they want some beautiful art on their walls. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. People forget that the gallery works for their share. Well, a good gallery is working mm -hmm. for their share of the commission. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard, everybody's heard bad stories, but I've heard some great stories where um, the gallery owners are maybe helping, especially a young artist, I think, kind of direct a little bit, um, either giving them license to paint what they want or helping them yeah. figure out sort of who they are. Um, it's an interesting proposition. Well, yeah. It's something you have to kind of balance because, um, I mean, I get that. I mean, and uh, Helen will say, like, I'm not telling you what to paint. I'm just saying that people respond oh. to this painting or, you know, people are asking, are you going to do more of this particular subject matter? Mm -hmm. um, so, but there is, there is some, you know, some occasional pressure, I guess, of like, because of that, you know, like, I, people are asking for more of this, you know, maybe I'm I want to go a different direction. So you have to balance Right, but everybody has to pay their rent, right? So to speak, the well, artist sure. has to pay their bills, right. unless you're really lucky, and so does the gallery owner. So I guess a little of that. Well, every painting I do, I try to find some something interesting and, and make it something that I I want to do. Um, so, like I've been doing painting the fish pier and the fishermen for years, and I could say like, well, I'm done with that, or I say, well, how can I do it a little bit differently this time? Like maybe. I'm exploring in a different way, like uh, with doing Stephanie and the Fisher Fishing Woman. I maybe hadn't done that in a while, and this has been an interesting, different aspect. But, you also have some great angles. Do you know? What, I mean, I've noticed that more than once. Like, I think, where was he on this boat to get that angle down? And it's right. kind of great because it shows you more than just a fisherman or woman on a boat. I mean, there. Well. Perspective and color and context. Yeah, yeah. At the fish, at this fish pier, there's an observation deck where you're looking down, and um, you know Cape Cod is generally a pretty horizontal place. So mm -hmm. we have a horizontal, you know, there's a horizon line for water. Sure. And uh, most of the landscape is pretty flat. I'm not, you know, not like Florida. We do have some hills, you know, but uh, um, just in general, you know, if they want. If you're doing landscape painting, a lot of the verticality would be in clouds, you know, like this is so. Mm -hmm. The occasional but, lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, right. But looking at the fish pier, this gave me an opportunity to look down, yeah. um, sometimes to actually to lose the horizon line completely and just have these, most of the shapes are, are can be like diagonal shapes of the architecture of the boat um, and the shadows and the light. It might create sort of these abstract patterns. And, um, and I, uh, I, I kind of I enjoy the work of um, Edwin Dickinson, who was a Provincetown or Wellfleet artist um, in the mid 20th century. And he did these like flattened perspectives with these figures kind of stacked up um, 
like no horizon line, like just like objects and mm -hmm. uh, like I said, flattened perspective. Um, so I, I, I kind of enjoy that sort of look, which I don't do quite the same as, as him, but um, I think I pick up some of that in my fishing paintings. So yeah. you've, had, you've had a long, great career, 20 years down there <clears throat> or more. And um, how has your style changed? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like your style is going to change somewhat in your subject matter in 20 years. And how has yeah. that gone with your collectors and, and your galleries? Yeah, I'm not sure how aware I am of that. And I, I used to really worry about or think more consciously about what's your, what is my style going to be? Yeah, okay. Am I going to like tighten up or am I going to paint more loosely? And, right. um, and uh, I don't know, you know, looking back over these 20 years, I can go back to a painting from the beginning and think like, uh, yeah, there's been quite a bit of consistency. Okay. Um, so it, more than I may have, uh, they might have thought would, would happen, you know. So but, you're, uh, you were never concerned about being I don't want to say stuck, but kind of set in a particular style and subject because of what was selling in the galleries. That was never. Um, no, <clears throat> I, you know, I try not to um, think too much about that. I try to think mostly about what yeah. I really find interesting and what I want to paint. Cause I feel like if I'm really, right. really uh, um, interested and if I really love a painting, someone else will love it too. So Sometimes I'll do a painting <clears throat> just for fun. I think like no one's going to buy this. I don't think, but I really think it's cool. And then, and then someone will come along, you know, oftentimes and buy it. Um, about eight or nine, 10 years ago, um, uh, I was approached by a gallery in New York City, George Billis Gallery. And he said, have you ever painted New York City? And I said, no, but I could, you know. So, so that was a nice change of pace, you know. Um, oh, wow. Because nice. I do paint mostly, you know, between Chatham and um, Provincetown. I used to paint up in Maine and yeah. um, so mostly New England. But then when I, he asked uh, about coming down to New York, um, that opened up a whole different um, oh, different subject matter to, to look at. So the city scenes I've done down there are, have been a lot of fun. Um, really fun. Are you yeah. going to do that again when this is... I'll use the phrase again when this is all over. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure he's going to be looking for more work. And I'm um, like, well, I'm not going down to the city. So I don't know. Maybe I could do some still lives or something that um, in some interiors or something that uh, would apply. But um, yeah, I haven't been able to go down to the city recently. So as a native New Yorker, I feel like you should be planning a trip to New York City. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, because how great will it be to be back in a city with restaurants everywhere and you know new york is just new york but yeah. beyond that um how do you miss uh, museums because I, that's my fantasy i keep right. it almost seems like too much of a leap to imagine being able to travel to europe like in the next <laughs> right. two years yeah i yeah. can't quite get my head there but now I have these fantasies where if I'm in New York, I, if I'm going to go to the Met, but I'm just going to, you know, I sort of think about where, what would my route be and how many galleries in the Met would I visit? And then I want to go downtown, you know, like I'm like filled with when I get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I go, look at everything. <laughs> 
but you don't have that or do you like what is it you're dying to do when this is done oh, i've been so busy because the, the weekly painting group it's yeah. like i get that when, I, when we get past you know a session and i get cleaned up from that then i have to get back to painting and then it's time to plan for the next one i've just been so busy that I, I i'm not worried too much i i do think like i'm at a point in my life where i can travel more and so you know fortunately we did go to spain like four years ago went to italy two years ago um and we uh and then we went to spain for and france and italy we were there for five weeks and then we went to italy for three weeks so you know and we'd like to go do that again but now like right now we're stuck so i do miss um the travel, you know, and uh, seeing the museums in, in Europe. And um, yeah, so when we get out of here eventually, I not, try not to think too much about what I'm missing and just sort of, uh, you know, because yeah, that can just lead you down the wrong path. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but it does, I don't know about you, it makes me appreciate every one of those trips, which I think back mm -hmm. on how many times I almost didn't go, you know, where it just yeah. wasn't the right time or I thought oh I'm not sure we should spend that money now right and you look back and you think oh thank goodness we went when we did oh yeah exactly. I know yeah well I, fortunately I, uh, this the woman who I went to BU with me and uh, we were in painting class together in the uh, first couple of years and we remain touch over the years so she lives in Los Angeles but she has a small apartment um, right next to Lincoln not, well around the corner from Lincoln Center so she's like, you know, I'm never there. Like, why don't you go to use my, my apartment? So I did, the first time I did was years ago. I mean, eight, maybe eight years ago. And I re was going to return the keys to her. She said, just keep them. Just whenever you want to go, just let me know. <laughs> so, I have that too. <laughs> yeah. So nice. when I go down there, I have a place to stay. You know, it's, um, so yeah. It, it, and I think maybe it would oh, be a good time to go down right now because maybe the, the city's not so busy. I hear it's kind of quiet down. So maybe it's a good time to go do some painting because it's right. Not, right. I was thinking that too. Go. <laughs> not right. <laughs> it's not crazy, you know. Not much traffic. Yeah. Get, get through February and then go. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Well, right now, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe in the spring. Oh. I don't know. But yeah. Um, actually, uh, I almost went down there recently, and my wife kind of. I don't know. She thinks thought of it as just the COVID central. So she's like, no, no, you're not going. You know, so <laughs> actually, yeah, the other gallery down there is hurting. Um, so the, the Billis Gallery closed his um, gallery in Chelsea because of COVID. And so he opened up in Westport, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I think he plans on moving back into the city eventually. But um, yeah, things are just, you know, in the city is hurting. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So where can people find your work? What galleries could they? Uh, well, right now um, I'm at, at the Addison Gallery in uh, Orleans, here on Cape Cod, and that's so that's where most of my work is. Um, and then uh, George Billis Gallery, like I just said, he um, moved to Westport, uh, Connecticut, so out of the city. But so yeah, they both have their websites. You can find things online. Um, <clears throat> yes, and ironically. Um, I just changed my website. I had an older website I designed like 15 years ago mm. and um, the software changed and I wasn't able to update it anymore. So I said, so I made this transition transition to the FASO. That, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and it, so I put it together pretty quickly. They make it pretty easy. So um, uh, I designed this whole website, but I had to change my URL, you know, www.schulenbergstudio.com. So I said, January would be a good time because I have this article in, in a fine art connoisseur magazine coming out in January. So I better have a new website. Yeah. 
So, but it turns out when they shut down the old one, it takes like two weeks of dead. There's nothing for two weeks. Uh, right now, if you go to my website, it'll just say that, you know, it's a dead link. Uh, hopefully they can get that up and running. So, yeah. so if you want, yeah, hopefully what I don't, you said this might come out. Yeah. Um, next week. So it's, it's Schulenbergstudio.com. Is that Schulenbergstudio.com. And it's S C H U L E N B U R G. U R G Schulenberg studio. So you can just Google my name and things certainly come up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. New work is on Facebook and Instagram. I've been, um, okay. you know, posting things there. And what are your, what's your name on Instagram? Like, is it? Oh gosh. Um, probably, <laughs> what is it? Probably Paul underline Schulenberg. I mean, okay. Pretty easy to find. Pretty I mean, there aren't that many okay. Schulenbergs. Same for Facebook. Yeah. It is Paul <coughs> underscore Schulenberg. And then, uh, we I have our, the group, um, figure painting at Schulenberg studio, where you can see all the, the paintings, for our weekly group. It's, you can see, um, what people have done. And that's, that's fun. On Facebook. On Facebook, yeah. So if people are interested, is, is your class still open? Are you capping it? Or how would that work if somebody was interested in it? So far, I'm, I'm able to juggle everything. I mean, uh, we've had up close to like 50 people at a time. Usually it's 30 or 40. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder, like, what if it really caught on? Like, and that <laughs> Zoom will, will, the Zoom will allow you up to 100 people. Right. And it, it's, it's each person, it's hard for, a lot for me to juggle because each people, you know, they're emailing me. I have to yes. send them the, the ticket. And, um, but um, so, yeah, I, uh, I might have to cop it at, at some point, but there's, there's room for people who are curious and interested. And how would they go about contacting you? Um, well, you could send me an email at, uh, at uh, actually paintingstudio at comcast.net. Okay. It's an easy one to remember. Yes. Um, you could send me a message through Facebook or, or sure. Instagram. Okay. Uh, or contact you or Margaret. Okay. There you go. We'll, we'll certainly send them your we way. We sure will. And yeah. I have to say, looking at your Instagram right now, because I checked your address, yeah. it is the strangest thing because this happens whenever I look at the face group painting group or if I look at the work of another artist I've noticed in the yeah. painting group. I feel like I'm seeing like this odd version of my own studio because we've all painted the same, you know, models. And it's the coolest, it's the coolest thing. You look and you go, oh, they took that view or I had the same view. And is that mine or theirs? You know, it's sort of fun. It's definitely yeah. fun. It's one of my favorite parts of Wednesday night, seeing the other artists work. As you know, I have a few favorites that yeah. I stick around for. Yeah, well, yeah, it's interesting to, especially if you're approaching the same subject matter, then you can see how someone else approached it differently and it might give you some ideas how maybe you can integrate some of that into your own approach. But a lot of the things I've seen other groups on Zoom online, and generally it is just one camera and everyone's doing the same thing. So, um, so yeah, it occurred to me that it would be more, it might be important to have a, a variety of viewpoints. So I have usually four different iPhones. Last week we had five iPhones. So five different vantage points people could choose from. Um, really and other groups tend to be quiet or um, they'll play maybe music and then maybe at the very end people will show their work. Um, the ones that I've, I've ventured into, but yeah, mine is a little un unruly. So, so we, we oh, I love it. We make it just a, 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 an occasion where we get together. So there's a lot of chatter. 
people can you know talk and visit and ask questions or whatever. Yeah, and so I want to reiterate the point that Margaret brought up earlier that there is a camera on your work and your painting. And to me, like for instance, this week, I'm this month I'm doing the Strata Easel Challenge. So I won't be painting, but I will be sitting there just watching the paint. And that is a, serious. It's a it's amazing. It's an education to just sit and watch a paint. So oh, I'm so you. glad you have one one on your work, which is I, that fantastic. Wasn't, that was kind of unintentional, but I, I usually have um, everybody, the Zoom meeting is on a big screen. <clears throat> I have a 43 inch TV ah, ah. Zoom meetings on there, then I have a separate computer, <clears throat> excuse me, the camera for my laptop. And uh, at some point it's, it's well, it's next to, um, next to me and I realized, oh, if I just scooch it over a little bit, you can see what I'm doing. So yep. I did that a few weeks ago and then I've been continuing with that, thinking like, I don't know if anyone's watching, but I guess yep, could. I am. <laughs> <laughs> you can't look away for too long because when you come back you're like what how did he get that far <laughs> i have to admit i do not look at yours mostly because i'm looking at every now and then i'll glance at the clock or i'll realize the models had three breaks and i think holy crap i have to finish this <laughs> and i'm like focus like get this down so it's been i, I enjoy seeing the retro my own retrospective where in the beginning I was so out of practice, it's kind of fun. But, you know, I do want to say I really have enjoyed it. Like having an anchor to my week, it yeah. sounds ridiculous, but I love it. Excellent. And just even hearing the other artists talk, seeing other artists work, mm -hmm. you know, and what amazes me, Paul, is it can get absolutely raucous in there. <laughs> And I never hear your voice. <laughs> There's a reason he finishes his painting every week. He's just focused. You are amazing in the midst of the storm. Huh. You're a little island of concentration. That's sometimes, it. Sometimes I'll add something, but uh, yeah, I'm not good at talking and painting at the same time. Um, so I usually will just listen. That's um, great. Occasionally That's I'll, great. I'll add something, but it is a, I just enjoy hearing all the cacophony around me <laughs> yeah yeah you, i kind of tune it out i hear it but i, I tune it it just feels you know gets you in that yeah, zone like that works but it is nice to have this positive response from people and it's and i do oh, hear God. from people like oh it's so important and we're going to do it this week are you going to be doing it again yeah. i don't think i could really use a break but i feel like now i feel like the models are calling me can i model for you because they you know i'm providing income and they enjoy coming mm -hmm. and then the artists want to do it so like so now I, I have to keep doing it, <laughs> which You're is stuck. fun. Well, I really but enjoy it. You know, if I could do it every day, I mean, and some of these little joke about that, like if we could do this every day, it wouldn't be fun. If we could only sell these darn paintings that we do. <laughs> no, no. And if you need a break, just tell people ahead of time. They'll, they'll manage. Um, yeah. But it's been great. I think it is what marks this passage of time for me. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, in a terrible way, I'm looking forward to it ending because it will signal other things beginning. And, and I mean that in that sense only. For the I rest of it, I still love doing it. Yeah. True. True. Very true. I know. Yeah. It I will be there. So uh, I know we haven't, we used to, we usually go to the gallery like in the summertime. Every Saturday night, there's an opening at the gallery, and, and Helen Addison encourages us to be there to like, you know, because people want to meet the artist, you know, and I'll say, well, 
Yeah, but if I'm there every Saturday, then it's not really a very special occasion, you know. So they, they know I'm also <laughs> there. So, but you know, it's a very social thing. The gallery is, um, like I said, unlike a lot of galleries that just you know are just there, it's almost like a our social club. And every Saturday there's a cocktail party, um, and so we kind of we did miss that, you know, this this past summer, you know, our meeting with the collectors and the people that want to come in and see the artwork and talking with the other artists. Um, so you know, someday we'll be get, it'll be nice to get back to that again. Yeah. Maskless. Who knows? That right. <laughs> right. Yes. That's true. I'll say, but will we be shaking hands again? I, I know. right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I've enjoyed, I, I realized like I haven't had a sore throat or a cold in like right. a year and a half. I don't remember when last time I, you know. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Always a silver lining somewhere. <laughs> Well, this has just been great. Thank you so much for being on with us. Thank you, and Margaret, wonderful to have you. And looking forward to more interviews and moving forward past this time in history. But what a wonderful thing you've done, Paul, for the community and, and for the art community. And just wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and very comfortable and easy. So I uh, look forward now to Now I get to stay. I'll see you tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> see you all on Zoom. Yes. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thanks. If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush.